Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Glad that you could come along with us today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and hey, it is a great day in the USA. Back live with you today, I have been on the road, folks, and as you know, uh, I have been up in North Carolina uh, over the last three days and headed for Washington, uh, D.C. Next week, uh, I'll be out uh, most of the week, and uh, it is uh, one of those things where it's pedal to the metal right now uh, so that we can get some things done here, not only to preserve our Judeo-Christian ethics and, and principles, but also preserve the great republic that we all enjoy that is blessed by God from sea to shining sea and I want to thank uh, our flagship station Red State Red State Talk Radio uh, and if all of you, any of you are traveling through uh, Times Square there in New York City, be sure to look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and um, every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant show does cycle through there, and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. Also want to thank Urban Family talk for welcoming us into their family. They're a ministry of American Family Radio and also Loving Liberty is another platform that we are new on and want to thank you as well and all the rest of the terrestrial stations that do replay the show throughout the nation on a daily basis. Thank you as well and if you don't have the show in your area, demand it and uh, hey, I think we might be able to do something uh, about it. All of this is to build the bridge, as we said. And yesterday, a good friend of mine, he is the minister of music, pastor of uh, music there at Word of God Ministries, the church where I serve under um, our senior pastor, James A. Believer McMenus. James A. McMenus is our pastor there at Word of God Ministries. And you can uh, download that app, uh, WOGM, uh, onto your favorite devices as well. Yesterday, folks, uh, I was reminded that we are in a season, as Scripture recalls it, in Matthew 9, 
of having a new wine that is perhaps being poured into old wineskins. And our pastor and minister of music, uh, Jeremiah Woods, is my guest today, did in fact expound upon that in a very insightful, anointed way. And I want you to help me welcome him back to the show. It's been way too long. Jeremiah Woods, thank you for being there. How have you been, friend? Man, I've been so good. I love you, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, thank you for being on. And I wanted you to share with uh, our audience um, what you were sharing with the congregation yesterday during praise uh, and and worship. And you were talking about a passage of scripture that is found in uh, the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter, I believe it is. And uh, you were talking about new wine in old wine skins. Talk to us about the effects of doing that. Is is that a mistake? Is that something that uh, should be recommended? Talk to us about what was in your heart when you were talking about that. Yeah, you know what? I, I think Matthew 9, starting in verse 17, it talks about new wine skin. And the whole story, the setup is is John the Baptist, his disciples were talking to Jesus, asking him why his disciples don't fast. And Jesus says a very interesting thing. He goes, I'm here with you. Why would you fast? Why would you do the old thing if I'm here with you right now? And he goes on to say, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskin will burst and the wine will go along with it. But if you put new wine and new wineskins, they're both preserved. And I think a lot of times what we do, especially from my perspective in the church, is we like to put new revelation in old religion. And so the old religious uh, functioning actually ruins the new revelation because we try to contort what God is saying now in a today generation and a today voice. We try to contort that to fit inside our finite minds of how we like to do religion. And a lot of times religion is based off of tradition, off of what my mom did, my mom's mom did, her mom did, on back generations and generations And it's passed down because this is how we teach our children based off religion and not off relationship with God. And what we do is we pass on old wineskins, and eventually they burst open because God is trying to give us new revelation. So we have to— we have to do something new and do something out of the ordinary in order to receive that new revelation. You know, it's amazing uh, that you say that because, uh, of course, I, I know your parents and uh, great Christian people, and I know the type of uh, parents that I had and the type of church that I grew up in. But I also know that uh, we have moved on 40 uh, years and, you know, from there uh, to where I am and maybe 30 years from there from where you are and, and, and so forth. And there, there seems to be. And and we want to bring some clarity to what we're saying. And, and hey, folks, any of you out there, uh, we're, we're not taking a swipe at anybody. We're just saying what Scripture is saying and that it is prevalent today in what we are experiencing in church and, and even in America. And we're going to talk about that in the second hour. Uh, the theme today is that new wine and old wine skits. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and, and, and we talk about that beginning with 
our Judeo-Christian values and worldview here with Jeremiah Woods right now. Jeremiah, and I think the best way to set this up is to give the people an idea of what uh, the the type of uh, church background that you had. And I'll share a little bit of mine as well. And and have we, and, and I don't know if this is the right word, but, but maybe you can bring some clarity to it. Have we evolved and has the revelation of God uh, become fresher and newer in ways that uh, maybe we are not aware of in 2019 today? Speak to that. You know, it really has. And um, I, I was thinking, and you said it, you hit it right on the, on the head with saying we're not picking at anyone. You know, people do what they can with the tools that they have at the current season. So if I'm given a tool belt with a hammer, I'm going to use the hammer until somebody gives me an Allen wrench, until somebody gives me a screwdriver. But the relationship with God versus walking in religion is the tool belt. So God hands you different tools, and that's called revelation as you go on. And so if we're, if we're trying to use a hammer with a job for the screwdriver, then we're not, we don't have a revelation of the use of the hammer. So I think, I think it's just it's being open to uh, and walking in relationship with God and being open to what God wants to do in a new season. You know, the, how I grew up, um, I, my mom and dad moved me at a fairly young age to a non-denominational church, but we started out in a very religious church with deacons. My dad was a deacon on the board, um, and when the senior pastor passed away, instead of mourning his passing for a while, what the church ended up doing, what the deacon board ended up doing, uh, save my dad, what the, what the deacon board ended up doing was arguing on who was going to be the next head pastor to the point where we were having a Sunday morning service, and the person that was next was standing up giving a sermon, and someone in the audience, another deacon in the congregation, stood up mid-sermon and started speaking against that person, saying, I know so much about him. He shouldn't be the next pastor. He shouldn't be this. I should be the next pastor. And so it, it became this uproar to the point where congregants left, and it was just a, a, a messy situation. So my mom and dad uh, got up, and and we packed up, and we left, and we ended up going to a non, non-denominational church. Um, but in, in this new new wineskin of the non-denominational church, so to speak, and not throwing any, any, any stones at any different denominations, but in the new wineskin, we saw a different liberty. You know, I, 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 I was talking to um, my—we uh, were driving in the car, me and my wife and my kids, and my son, um, we, we turned right to go to the church from our house. We turned left to go anywhere else. So my son was thinking we were turning right, and he goes, Daddy, I want to go to worship. I want to go to worship. Um, and that's seemingly very innocent, and for his age, he's four years old. Uh, it's seemingly very innocent, but something that I learned recently um, is that the old wineskin of the church oftentimes can be, I'm going to worship. I'm going to do something. It's a very religious mindset of going, I'm, I am going to worship, as if worship is a place or worship is an action or worship is – is um, something that we can actually go to, that we can happen upon. When in actuality, worship isn't an act, it's a, it's a posture, and the posture of worship is surrender. So that means wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm surrendering. And this is one of the things that I think is an old wineskin revelation. It's kind of like the like uh, how pastors used to, used to lead from the turn or burn uh, platform, 
where then they realize, okay, God is a God of love and he wants to present himself as a lover of people. And so turn or burn is actually turning people away from who God really is rather than pulling them in. Anyway, so my, my recent revelation has been, wow, worship is a posture and the posture of worship is surrender. So if I'm trying to go to worship and, and get a new revelation of who God is in the, in the, old wineskin of understanding that says my worship means I am raising my hands. It means I am shouting. It means I am sitting down. Worship means I am doing this. That is an outward working of whatever is going on, whatever surrender is happening on the inside. So if I'm really thinking of worship, I am surrendered at my job. I'm surrendered in talking to my wife. I'm surrendered at church. I'm surrendered in my service to God. I'm surrendered in everything that I do. Therefore, everything that you see me do is an outworking of my surrendered posture. And so, therefore, I'm living a life of worship rather than going to a place to worship. So that's a, that's a new revelation. It's a new wineskin that I think we can all grab hold to. Wow. And you know what, folks? Uh, when we look at uh, the state, not only of the church, but America today, I love the word that he infused into this conversation, and that is posture. Uh, many times people see the type of posture that we uh, have, and uh, many times that posture is revealed, as he was saying, in the way that we uh, stand, sit, or or, you know, uh, come forward or, or, or we present ourselves. And in a hurting society like we are in today, the church, of course, has always been, Jesus intended it to be this way, the place where people can get healed, the medicine uh, for the maladies of mankind. Uh, Jeremiah, my question to you is this, and we're on with Jeremiah Woods, worship pastor, w- uh, minister of music there at uh, the church where we both serve uh, as uh Word of God at Word of God Ministries, the senior pastor, James A. McMinnis. And uh, folks, hey, listen, if you haven't had a chance to tune in, uh, download the, the free app, WOGM, WOGM, uh, Word of God Ministries. Download that free app and get an idea of what is going on. There's a movement happening uh, from the church right in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, and you should become a part of it. But uh, when we talk about the hurting people in uh, America, Shreveport, uh, wherever uh, people are listening to this show around the nation, you know that there is something that you are seeking. Maybe you're seeking in the church. Maybe you're not seeking in the church. Maybe you're looking for it in the clubs. But people, Jeremiah, seem to be having these feelings of being unloved. And somehow, when we look at the tradition of the church, and you're talking about uh, turn or burn, uh, that, that even even though there's a lot to be said about that, and we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. But when we talk about turn or burn, is that perhaps something, if we're pouring new wine into old wineskin, is that something that may just burst the whole thing open? And is that the reason why some young people are not uh, coming to the church because of the uh, judgment uh, that they're finding there instead of the love? Talk to us. I believe so. Um, the the gospel the gospel boiled down comes down to this: for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. He so loved the world. We are the world. Michael Jackson said it great: "We are the world. We are the people." <laughs> but God so loved the world 
that he sent his only son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says this is your life eternal, that you can have relationship with God. God wants a relationship with his people. And I think for so long, we try to force people into a relationship. If I think of relationship with my wife or with my son, there is no there's no real shared love if I'm forcing them into relationship with me. My daughter, uh, for one, loves to be the initiator of physical touch. And so she's, she's one and a half, but she loves to be the initiator. And so I can't force her into a hug. I have to wait for her to feel like she can trust that I am, that I am hugging her, that I am coming near to her, that I'm drawing near to her in love. You know, the church, the local church is the hope of the world. God is, is in his people through his spirit is what we believe. And so that hope, it's, it's, it's like a hospital. I mean, you, you described it very well. It's like a hospital. It's, it's for hurting people to come in and experience the love of God and understand his, his, his uh, revelation and his concepts, and then take that out to the rest of the world. And I think if, if we are to be the, the church that Jesus imagined, he said, they will know you by your love one for another. So if we are really sharing love, one for another. People will know that we are Christians, and people will know that they can come to a loving God rather than being pushed away uh, into whatever hurt or community that they are being pushed toward. And I think people are just looking for, in today's generation, they're really looking for community. It's why social media is so huge. People are finding community on their phones. They're finding community in their in their uh, cities. They're finding community in different community um, places around their cities. But they're they're finding groups. They're finding a place to belong. And I think if we carry hope, if the church carries hope, this is the best place to be a part of. The best community to belong. And uh, you know, there's so many there's so many leaders nowadays that lead from trauma. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and we were just talking about how it's so easy to lead out of a out of a, the trauma of your past. So a lot of a lot of times leaders are going, I don't want to be like that, and so I'm going to lead like this. I don't want to be how my father was. I don't want to be how my leader was. I don't want to be how the boss over me was a long time ago. And so when I'm the boss, I'm going to lead like this. Well, that's not leading out of wholeness. That's leading out of trauma. And so a lot of times when we see broken people, we see our traumatic traumatic past and we reject them rather than pulling them in. We don't want that old trauma near us, so we push them out rather than pulling them in. And I think for any group, for any um any church, the the objective is to pull people in and say this is the place to belong. You have found your way home. We love you. We accept you. And we want to tell you what God says about you. And then from when people learn what God says about them, how he sees them, then they start to adjust their lives according to his word and what he says for them. Wow. Jeremiah Woods is my special guest here today. He is the minister of music pastor uh, there at Word of God Ministry under the, under the senior tutelage and pastorage of James A. McMinnis Word of God Ministries there in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, my hometown. And folks, uh, when we return, we're going to talk about uh, music. Uh, one of the things that so many times uh, people find reason to 
to criticize is uh, the, the, the the music, the, the modern music that is reaching all types of people. And one of the, the great musicians uh, of our day and uh, worship leaders of our day is on with me today. And that is Jeremiah Woods. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. We'll return. Don't you go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you coast to coast and border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. That is America, blessed from sea to shining sea by God. And hey, let me say to you folks, there is a season now of understanding that is going on, that there is a pouring of new wine. The only question is, are we pouring that new wine into old wine skins? We're citing a passage of scripture where Jesus Christ, himself has said that you shouldn't do that because if you do the new wine will burst the old wine skin and hey you lose the new wine uh it's wasted and folks we may be seeing in some segments of our traditional america and certainly in our traditional church where those old wine skins are being burst by the new wine that is being poured into them jeremiah woods is on with me he is the minister of music pastor one of the pastors of word of god ministries there under the senior directorate and pastorage of my pastor, James A. McMinnis. And we'll continue right now asking the question about music. Jeremiah, uh, hey, well, you know how I feel about you and Carrie and your, your children. And you were talking about Little Willow there and how she initiates the relationship in uh, initiating touch and all of that type thing. And uh, he has a beautiful family, folks. And and let me, let me say this. When we look at... Uh, the music and the evolution, I guess that's a word I, I can use in, in this term. 
have you evolved uh, from the time that you began um, playing and the time that you began ministering music? Has there been has there been an evolution in the way you approach it? And talk to us about that and where we are today with the growing sometimes uh, re- resistance to contemporary uh, Christian music. Talk to us. There definitely has been, um, and thanks for the comment from my family. I absolutely love them. They are the most beautiful people ever, and uh, my prize. But I, uh, I have, I've, I've definitely evolved over the years. I would say, I think for a while, I was so concerned about myself, about how I looked, how I felt, how I engaged uh, a congregation, and really, really, it was, it was less about people and more about me. It was more about how I how I sounded. So I started working on me. And then that evolved into a place where I was concerned about excellence. And, you know, excellence is great. There's there's nothing to be, to be said negatively about excellence unless it's negatively used. But I think I was more concerned about excellence and how everything looks and sounds and feels to people. Um, and so I would, I would work really hard on making everything uh, perfect. And therein lies the uh, discrepancy between excellence and perfection. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have, whereas perfection is trying to reach a goal that you can never reach because you don't have the tools to reach it. Um, And so perfectionists actually never arrive. People who are excellent are always arriving constantly. And so I think I think uh, I, I focused on that for a while on excellence, and then I tried to marry the two, the excellence and the thinking about myself and all of that, and I found that in the moments of musical worship, where I was leading congregations into worship, I actually was not focused on the object of my worship. And so uh, eventually where I came to was, okay, I'm leading people in worship, but I want to lead them into the presence of the object of our worship. So rather than uh, the oohs and the ahs of people, I want the oohs and the ahs of God. And I describe it like this. If I'm setting a table for someone, I want to set the table with the food that they like. Every single thing on the plate has to be something that they like. And so if I'm setting the table for God in worship, then everything on the plate that I set for him has to be something that's palatable to him rather than something that tastes good to me and to others. And so uh, what I've what I've kind of come to now is it's all about the presence of God getting in the presence of God where people have a real encounter with him. I can go to church for years and years and not have an encounter with God. And if I don't have an encounter with God, I I then don't bring myself to him and myself doesn't change and conform to the likeness of who Jesus is. And so I need to have a real encounter with God in order to see who I am in the light of who he is and start making changes internally. Uh, So I've, I've, it's boiled down to, I really need to, um, to to look at myself in the light of who God is, get into the presence of God, and then set the table for Him, and do the things that He likes. And as a leader, I think I think that comes in many different ways. And it, and a lot of times people get married to um, an old feeling that they had. So take hymns for instance. Um, if I'm singing a hymn, there are a certain amount of people that are going to raise their voice and cheer. And there are a certain amount of people that are going to 
connect to hymns, and hymns are absolutely beautiful and they're wonderful, and they had their their time, and and their time is still now. So don't get me wrong, but I think I think hymns in and of themselves don't carry the presence of God. So a song, again, going back to what I said earlier, a song is not worship. It's music. It's a vehicle. So if I am, if I want to get from point A to point B, and point B, my destination being the presence of God. I need a vehicle to get there, and the vehicle is the song. It's the song that that houses my surrender, that takes me to the destination of the presence of God. So, if I am if if I want to uh, get there, if I want to if I want to uh, get a vehicle, which the Bible says He's God is enthroned upon the praises of His people. So that means that the praises are vehicle for His throne to get to His throne. So. If I want that vehicle, I need a song. I need I need something else that's going to get me in the posture of surrender. And so then I don't get married to a hymn. I don't get married to a modern-day uh, contemporary worship song. I don't get married to a gospel song. I'm, I'm not thinking that the presence of God is in a song or in a place or in an action. I'm thinking the presence of God is the destination that I want to get to. And so I need that vehicle of praise. I need that vehicle of worship so that worship can look like anything that God likes, anything that sets the table well, anything that um, makes him come and be enthroned upon his praises. And so it, that can change, and that's going to continue to change over the years. It's going to continue to evolve. Um, there are plenty of phenomenal musicians that um, that just do crazy things with music, and so I think worship music uh, over time is going to continue to to evolve in the church, and I just welcome it as long as it as it creates that vehicle or that throne for God, and then it gets us to the presence of God. Evolve away. You know, it's amazing um, that you would say that. You know, because other than uh, recalling uh, Scripture them- itself, that we hide in our hearts, that we can re- the Holy Spirit can recall that and 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 cause us to be stronger and strengthen us that we may not. not sin against our creator um you know music is one of is probably the most powerful uh one of the most powerful tools in the toolbox because jeremiah you know you know this uh, probably better than anyone i can speak to on this show when when you hear a certain um uh song especially the songs that you have exposed us to over the last uh uh several years now that i've known you uh it, it recalls uh, a certain uh feeling a certain place in our spiritual selves and uh even though yes many people who have never been exposed to scripture and they come to the church in order to hear a word of God, the first thing they hear uh, at our church is the the ushering in of praise, and that 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 does get them into that posture where they can uh, receive the word of God. This is my question: What is it about? Uh, the, the 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 music that God has, I think it's a gift from from God Himself. I think music is a gift of God. What 
is it about choosing the, the that song? What process do you go through uh, in choosing that? I, I know that there must be a lot of uh, uh, praying and, and 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 consulting the Lord on what you w- want, what He wants you to do on a particular Sunday or any particular occasion, a week, weekday service. What what is it that that, that drives a minister of music in his prep for that other than the anointing that God has obviously placed upon your life. Talk to us. Yeah, that's it. It is, it is prayer. It is asking God again, what he wants uh, for that Sunday, for that Wednesday, whatever day the services are, it's asking God what he wants for that particular day, what he wants to hear from his people. So if he wants to, if he wants to hear that his people love him, let's sing songs that, that just, uh, express our love for him. If he wants to be exalted, let's sing songs that just exalt him, you know, and it's, it's asking God what he wants to hear. And, and, you know, for me and for pastor James, um, he is, he is the, the head of our church. And I know that he's constantly asking God, God, what do you want to speak to your people? And so if he's doing that, if he's saying, God, speak through me to your people, then I think certainly the worship ministry, the volunteerism, all that, all, everything, every facet of the church needs to ask God the same thing. God, what do you want to hear from your people? And then what do you want to speak to your people in response? And I think you hit the nail on the head again. The, the, the worship is a gift from God. And I think it's the, it's the number one vehicle to the heart. It's the, it's the quickest way to surrender. It's the most powerful um, force, I believe, in the universe right now, simply because it bypasses the conscious mind and goes straight to the heart. I think we can, we can recall uh, old childhood events. We can recall where we were when a song first came out. We can recall so many things based on a melody and that melody connecting to our hearts. You know, it, it, one prime example is in the movie Jaws. Whenever you hear those two notes, it's two notes, two <laughs> notes in the, that, that, that tell you it's literally two notes that tell you that danger is there, but everyone can have a certain physical response. Some people start sweating, you know, like some people get anxious because there's, because of those two notes that are playing over and over and over again, they get faster in syncopation and people know, okay, some danger is about to happen and they connect it automatically to Jaws, to the shark. That's iconic. Those two notes are iconic now and they take everybody back, no matter if you're watching the movie or you're somewhere shopping. I will think of Jaws because of those two notes. And I think it's because that melody, that music carry something you know every 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 musician every um every person that makes music uh, carries something with them within that music and so when they deliver that music it carries either life or it carries death and so i think that's the difference between consecrated music and music that isn't consecrated it either carries life or it carries death and what i mean by consecrated is basically i'm giving this to god i'm surrendering this music to God. And so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause people to feel either that they can soar or that they're grounded, that they're, that they're flying or their wings are clipped based on, on the spirit and the, and the, uh, the atmosphere that that music carries. And so I think it's the, it's the most powerful force in the universe. And if, I think uh, it was Bob Marley that said this a long time ago. He he talked about uniting the people of Jamaica through music, 
because there was there was separation there. He talked about uniting them through music, and there was one night that a gunman came to his house and 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 tried to gun him down, and the very next day, he got up and did the largest concert of his entire career because he said evil is not taking a day off, neither shall I, and so he went and he did uh, the largest concert of his career in love going, I am going to spread love and I'm going to spread the message of unity, um, across the city, across this land. And so I think in the same way that the, the church has the same mandate and going, I am going to spread the message of Jesus Christ. I'm going to spread the gospel, uh, across everyone who would hear it. And this music that we sing as unto God that surrendered to him, it's going to penetrate the heart. It's going to go beyond what people think. It's going to go beyond uh, the, re- the religious uh, mindset. It's going to go beyond tradition. It's going to go beyond anything. And if we would allow it to, it's going to penetrate the heart, and then it's going to turn us back to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it, it'll totally transform us. And so I love music, obviously, and it's it's uh it's a powerful source it's a powerful tool in the tool belt you know i was uh jane and i were were uh in uh, uh, uh down in south florida on the beach and it's amazing that you would say that because uh somehow in my mind uh, i of course the music wasn't playing but it was playing in my head uh, as i was approaching the water somehow i heard dun 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 and i heard you know it's like you said it's, it was just two notes yeah. that <laughs> getting into that water became very real to me and it was music. It was music, <laughs> folks, that was happening. And 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 when we uh, we I have about three minutes left in this segment, Jeremiah. I want you to stay with me just for a short time after uh, the break because right. I want to ask you about hurting people in our Mer- in America today. And fo- hey, folks, the theme of uh, this show today, the, the the silver cord that binds will bind all of the segments together today, is this uh, new wine in old wineskins, and it certainly does relate to the America that we face today. And it was certainly appropriate to uh, start uh, this hour, this uh, portion of the show, with relating it to our Judeo-Christian values. And and when we look at America today, you see a lot of hurting people in our country and certainly indeed around the world. Uh, and you were you looking at an opioid uh, addiction. You're looking at young people who are, uh, even though they live in the most prosperous nation, on earth uh, they they don't they don't want to live they're taking their lives and uh, I, I want to talk to uh, Jeremiah Woods about that because Jeremiah I know you come in contact with a lot of younger people and uh, I, I want to see just uh, what must we do I want you to talk to us about just what must we do from your ministerial perspective uh, to reach them. And uh, we we do, of course, uh, know that uh, a lot of the traditions of the past will not be effective uh, today as far as reaching uh, this generation because there are different problems. Social media is uh, a very real uh, vehicle in this country where people are wanting to be liked and they want to be followed and all of that type of thing. And and, and many times self-esteem is based upon those things. We're in an entirely different 
type of scenario than we were 40 and 50 years ago when uh, his pastor likes to uh, talk about uh, this one song he has is all rolling about it when uh, he mentioned it, bringing in the sheaves. And, and, and hey, again, folks, I am not in any way trying to take a swipe at uh, any uh, church or denomination or anything of that nature. I just want to be real about where we are in our nation today. And then after the top of the news hour uh, in our in our show here today, we're going to apply this to America itself uh, in every facet as far as uh, the political arena. And, and of course, we're coupling that with our Judeo-Christian ethic. I'm on with Jeremiah Woods. Uh, he is the minister of music, one of our pastors there at WOGM, Word of God Ministries. Download uh, the app onto your phone, WOGM, WOGM, go to WOGM.com. And uh, be sure, wherever you're listening, throughout the fruit, Fruited Plains, the many thousands of you who listen to me every day, I am saying to you that there is a revelation that is going on uh, from our church. If it were not so, I wouldn't tell you that is happening because, folks, I'm here to tell you it is. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL. We'll be back in just a minute. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. That is D-Rock's latest release. I am an American. The holiday season is coming up, folks, uh, as far as the summer holidays and uh, our concern. Fourth of July is right around the corner. Memorial Day right upon us. And uh, be sure to get your copy of that wherever music is sold. I am an American, my good buddy, D-Rock. I was honored to lend my voice to the opening of that new song. I am an American. Go to wherever. Music is so, you can get it on Amazon, wherever it is, uh, D-Rock, D-Rock. Uh, and uh, I'm on with another great musician. I've been blessed in my life to know uh, musicians throughout the, the land and uh, frustrated when myself. But just the same, uh, I am on with one who is absolutely anointed, gifted, and blessed by God to uh, share with his people the, the praises of um, our congregation uh, throughout the and, and we're global. Uh, WOGM is a global.
global ministry. Word of God Ministries is a global ministry. It's affecting every corner of the globe. And uh, right now we have on with us our Minister of Music, Word of God uh, Ministries, uh, Pastor of Music, Jeremiah Woods. And Jeremiah, when we left, we were talking about the uh, hurting people, young and old, uh, but particularly my focus here is uh, the young people who do come into various congregations around the country, but particularly let's focus on WOGM. And we know that there are people who come there who are hurting. And Pastor likes to uh, talk about uh, back in the day when they used to sing this song, Bringing in the Sheaves, you know, and so forth. And uh, and may- maybe that was effective then as far as singing those types of songs. And again, not taking a swipe or a hit at anyone, just wanting to focus in on what has transpired in America over a period of time. And uh, those types of songs just may not reach and then effectively keep young people today. What do you say about that? Talk to us. I believe so. You know, we're talking about new wine and old wine skins. And I think um, there are there are songs that we sing that say, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> Life is hard and I just want to get out of here. And I think there is a new truth, a new revelation. It's, it's really, it's a new revelation. The truth has been the same since the beginning of time. But the new revelation now is, is God is there with you every, in every single season of the soul. And so if I'm having a hard season, if I'm having a really good season, um, that's when I, that's when God is right there with me. And so if I'm walking through the fire, you know, there's a story in the Bible of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they're thrown into the fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar comes up and he's saying, turn up the furnace hotter. And we're going to, you know, because they didn't bow down to my statue and, and they watch the fire after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into this furnace, they watch the fire and they see four figures in the fire. And that, that is what we believe was Jesus, that the Son of Man is there with them. And so what we can extract from that is saying, God, in every single situation, even when I walk through the fire, you're there with me. And the Bible says that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire furnace, they didn't smell like smoke. None, no, no hair on their head was even singed. And so I believe, you know, the, a revelation is going, God, you're with me. And when I come out of the fire, when I come through the season that I felt like giving up and when I come through the other side, I won't even smell like that season because I walked with you because I trusted in you. My hope was in you. And I knew that I could fall back on who you were. And so there are a lot of hard, you know, hard seasons that we walk through and a lot of people that are going through just a lot of a lot of stuff in their life right now and through the hardest places. Maybe they, they're losing a loved one or they have a terminal illness, maybe or, or they're just going through something that's that's simply hard. Maybe they lost a job. Maybe it's maybe it's just it's anything. There's so many different different scenarios. But if we can understand that God is a loving God that wants to walk with us through all of that, then we can trust in him. And furthermore, from the church's perspective, I think, you know, the old wineskin could be the uh, the good old boy days where it was, 
I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to do what I'm told and I'm going to be loyal to a brand. I'm going to be loyal throughout my life. And, you know, and today with social media and with so many different options, young people aren't loyal to really anything right now. You know, it's, it's, it's whatever is the trend, whatever is next. And in the same way, they're exposed to so much uh, just in a matter of seconds by opening up their phone, by unlocking their phone and, and logging onto the Internet or, or going onto social media. They're exposed to so much that I think they just need to talk through things. And so people that are, that are uh, carrying this old wineskin that say we're not going to talk through your issues, um, we're not going to put you in counseling. They still think counseling is a is a cuss word, you know. And and, and people who who won't engage the next generation uh, and allow them to ask questions about their faith or ask questions about uh, the world around them, asking questions and and really want to engage in that conversation. I think if we're not doing that with the next generation, we are forfeiting a generation. We are forfeiting the wisdom that we could be passing down to another generation simply because we are afraid of the questions and we are afraid of really walking through hard issues with them. I think that's what they need today. You know, that is absolutely uh, great that you would say that. And that's a perfect uh, place for us to uh, uh, end uh, uh, this uh, interview today. And and man, I got to have uh, you back on. And I certainly want to have Pastor on as soon as I can round him up. It's hard to corral him. Uh, but just the same, I, I'm so grateful that you're on because I want to continue uh, that conversation about asking questions um, about our faith. You know, as you were saying back in the day, you just went along, as you said, with a good old boy uh, thing. This is what this is what we say and this is what you do. And don't ask any questions about it. Just yeah. just do just do what we're doing. And, uh, and and that did breed a an atmosphere, a climate of I can't wait to get out of here. I remember being that kid, that that young person in church uh, saying to myself, I can't wait to get out of here. And uh, that uh, is not what I see happening in our church. I see uh, young people participating and praising God. Your oldest son, uh, uh, Michael, you know, let me tell you something, Jeremiah, Michael, let me tell you something. I saw, I was watching him yesterday and he had, listen, folks, he had a microphone in his hand. Uh, yeah. And he was <laughs> absolutely uh, praising God. He was right down the, there in front of his father, watching his father lead worship. And I was saying to myself, it just struck me that here is the seed that is in this young man. And hey, you're bringing him up in the admonition and love of not only music, but the love of God that is being praised in that music. And it is just an example of leading uh, by example. And hey, listen, we love you. Uh, Jane and I uh, give our best to you and Carrie, and we got to hook up here real soon. It's been far too long and uh, want uh, to have you back on real soon because it's been far too long for that. That too, but listen. Continue to fight the good fight. Uh, be secure in your anointing that God has given you, and the gift that He has given you uh, has certainly made a way for you. And uh, thank you so much uh, for being on with me. And we will talk to you again soon, Jeremiah Woods. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Love you, man. 
I'm CL. This is the CL Brian Show. And hey, folks, when I tell you that uh, when we hear voices in our nation today, we must hear voices like uh, this young man that we've we've just had on with us. Because if there's nothing else that you are understanding about uh, our uh, world, and if there of course, is an evolutionary process. It's in the evolution of our society. Societies evolve. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't get me wrong. But societies and trends, people change, times change. And what we are saying is that God provides new revelations for various and different times. Uh, there were sundry times when when God uh, did not, uh, in fact, reveal himself in ways that he did in the Old Testament as he does in the New Testament. And even though the New Testament is still incredibly and will always be prevalent for our world the society that it is prevalent in is changing, and surely uh, the the effect that the church could have and should have on young people is, in fact, important for us to examine. And don't be afraid to do it. And when we come back after the top of the hour, we're going to talk about a changing society as far as uh, our, our government's approach to it is concerned. You can read Romans 13, and you, you have to understand that all governments and powers, authorities, are actually given by God himself. And uh, there is an approach now that we must also examine when we talk about America and its American uh, and our American government. And I, I know that we, we look at the uh, candidates that are out there and three of them, three of them that are running for president, and actually they're the top three that are running for president right now, and that is uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Donald John Trump, who is the president of the United States. All three of these men are in their 70s. Think about that now, because here for the first time in American history, coming up in 2020, for the first time in American history, you actually have the potential of young people actually having a larger possibility of voting than baby boomers. Think, you need to think about that. We often we were we're off we were often talking about uh, that uh, one day the baton will have to be passed to a new generation. And you go all the way back to John Kennedy when he had his famous ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country speech. Uh, he was talking about passing the, the baton to a new generation. Well, those of you, and I'm on the tail end, right in the middle of the baby boomer uh, thing. My daughter, my one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, pointed out to me last night. Thank you very much for pointing out my age to me last night. But but anyway, she was pointing, she was pointing out to me, yeah, Dad, you're right in the middle of a baby boom generation. And um, 
I said uh, uh, to myself, self, wow, um, that's true. And the fact of the matter is, it's time to pass the baton. But when we look at America today and you look at Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden and and President um, Trump, you're seeing men in their 70s who are at the front end. Well, uh, Biden and and um, Bernie are not baby boomers. They're they're outside of the baby boomer generation. But Trump is a part of the boomer generation. He's the very first generation of boomers. I'm on the tail end of that. And so we have to talk about how America is pouring new wine into old wineskins when we return after the news. I'm CL. Be right back. If you believe that liberty is a lot more than just a political idea, it's a life philosophy. You're not alone. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. 